This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. Um, reaching, I don't know, 80-something episodes. Uh, Noah's coming in a minute. He would he would know the amount. But we're, we're hitting close to 100. Um, it's pretty amazing. Thankful for the same 30, probably listeners, or 40. But hey, we do it for you guys. Um, if you want to know more, you can always... Hit us up, brokenness to faith at gmail.com or Instagram. Running joke is we say we're going to update it and we don't. But if you message us, we will respond. Um, today's um, uh, podcast episode, we are featuring a good friend of ours. Um, he is a part of the New Friends Ministry and the Prayer Ministry at our home church, Valley Christian Assembly. You want to introduce yourself, good sir? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Mike Alejo here from Valley Christian Assembly in Palm Desert, California, and it's just great to be a part of this podcast today. Excited to uh, to partake in what's about to happen. That's right. And before we get started, you want to uh, just a minute less, whatever, what, what some of the things you do at the church, what, what uh, some of the, the things you're, you're a part of, some of the things, because you are on staff here. Right, so some of the things that I do, I like to say whatever needs to get done, uh, I'll do it. Uh, no job too great or too small. Uh, but uh, I am on staff, uh, formerly in charge of new friends. So someone new, someone uh, unfamiliar face comes in. And I always want to make sure that I, I connect with them, talk to them, get to know them a little bit as time permits. Uh, another part of it is also you know, ushers, security, uh, just kind of the uh, different ministry helps around the church. That's also something that I'm a part of. And the prayer uh, ministry, uh, also a part of the prayer ministry. Wednesday nights, if you have an opportunity to come to church, I encourage you to step in on Wednesday nights and look us up for our prayer meeting, which I say Every time I get the opportunity to open, that it's the most important meeting of the week. Yes. And so yes. there's there's that. And, you know, anything else that comes up, I have get, had the opportunity to preach uh, uh, here at the church, and that's been a blessing. And, you know, other things, special events, Easter, um, you know, Christmas, anything that involves a full-scale, you know, big help, um, I'm usually a part of uh, helping and putting together those hands to help. When's the when's the church plant coming? There's <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was a surprise question. Uh there is I don't have anything we keep it cooking. real. Here. Yeah. Hey look, I, I don't have anything. I'm open to what God wants to do. Uh one thing that I will share, um maybe not so much with church planting, but I am currently doing school to work towards my certificate to a certificate of ministry and go. so that's going good i will say I'm, i took a semester and this is not a visual thing but i did this little quotation thing a semester off um just just felt the lord said you know take a break uh focus on some other things and i'm a dad uh, and and a husband so i uh you know i'm focusing on just hanging with the kids and just spending time with them um for those of you do not know me. I have a 12-year-old son. His name is Alistair. I have a 10-year-old daughter. Her name is Dove. My wife, Nicole, who is part of the worship team here at our church. So just spending time with them, 
but I'm excited to get back on and, and I'm about halfway done. So, oh, man. so just doing the things that need to get done. I uh, was, I don't know what's ahead. God does, but I just, I'm just, it's one step in front of the other right now. And your wife doesn't just, isn't just a part of the worst team. She dominates the Saturday <laughs> nights. It's, it's the greatest thing. It's a layup for you. You preach. You're great with new people. She can do the worship. Give your kids a few years, and they can just run the youth and children's. And now you got a full church and the, <laughs> and the staff on your house. But we we just want to be where God is doing things, and and uh, you know, so we yeah, we're excited for to be here in the role that we're in at yeah. BCA. So let's get into it. Enough about Mike's life. I know that's what he wanted to talk about, but we had to actually have a biblical topic to that's talk right. about. Um, the man with leprosy, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. I got it here in my Bible in the translation NIV. Um, just rhyme there. I like it. So let's read it. It's just three verses. I got NIV. What version do you have? New King James. All right, I'll read my three, and then you want to read your version too? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Um, when he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. NIV. All right, New King James. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came, worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Mm. See, I like that some translations say cleansed. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but um, so somewhat of the background Jesus had just finished um, the sermons on the mound going over the Beatitudes um, A lot of his preaching ministry was going on in Matthew chapter 5 6 and 7 um, But verse 1 um, kind of starts it says great multitudes follow him so even after his preaching people were still following him Mm-hmm down the mountain so but we're talking about the man with leprosy and we're six minutes in right now and i want to say so the leper leprosy is found in the old slash new testament around you guys got to guess how many times is leprosy found in the old slash new testament all combined yeah uh, let's see one two three or just reference i i think oh i have Five, but I mean overall, like talked about, not, talked just, about? not just stories, but leprosy. The word leprosy or leper in the Bible. Twenty-seven. Do you read my notes? <laughs> no, it, 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 some scholars believe it's around forty times that it's mentioned. Oh, really? In the Bible, not just like stories, but you know, yeah, mentioned or so. Um, it was kind of a skin disease that slowly tore apart your body over many years. Um, a lot of doctors back um, you know, throughout time usually believe 20 to 30 years or so was the time period of which your body started to disintegrate. So this wasn't just like a one-year yeah. thing where some it was over a big period of time. Mm. After time, your body parts can waste away till even at a point your foot or hand can come off. Mm. Um, 
Leprosy in Hebrew, and I'm only going to say this once, well, twice, because I said it when I preached at the youth group. The Hebrew word, and I think it's not how you say it, but I just, I don't, T-Z-A-R-A-A-T, T-Z-A-R-A-A-T, and I keep thinking Tesseract, but that's Marvel. <laughs> the the yeah. Tesseract, but Tesseract, you know, T, I don't know, but I'm not even going to try to get it right. Uh, the term referred not only to skin disease, but also to the state of ritual impurity and punishment for our sins. Mm -hmm. According to Jewish law and customs, one had to keep six feet from a, six feet away from a leper. Get how crazy this is. If the wind was blowing toward a person from a leper, they had to keep 150 feet away. Mm. The only thing more defiling in Jewish culture than contact with the leper was contact with a dead body. Yeah. They were shunned from public life and ceremonially unclean. Almost universally, society and religious people scorn lepers. Rabbis especially despised lepers, saw them as people under the special judgment of God deserving no pity or mercy. They were left alone, isolated, depressed, and far away on the outside looking in. And many people looked down on them in shame. Mm -hmm. Question right here. In a spiritual sense, do you ever feel like the leper? Mm -hmm. Alone, isolated, depressed, far away from your family or the church or just life in general from the outside looking in? Or are you always feeling guilt and shame? You know, the first part, before we even dig deeper, just the fact that he was a leper, he was already isolated. Yeah. He was already far away. He was already hurt. He was already left alone. And the only people he was around was other lepers. Different parts, um, um, scholars and different people believe, and it has been said that when they had to go through the town, they had to constantly be saying, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Yeah. So people knew to stay away, right. you know. And for me, I can relate, these, you know, I can relate to the fact that I have felt alone at times. I have felt isolated. It's not a knock on my church, my family, you know, but I have felt those things. Depression, I, I don't like using that word because it's so strong and it's an insult to people who really go through it. But I have had seasons I felt really depressed. Right. I have felt, had seasons where I felt far away from the outside looking in. There have been times where I've forgiven people of what I have done. I've asked for forgiveness. I've made the steps to get right from my past actions. Yet to this day, there are times where I still feel guilt and shame over what I've done. Mm -hmm. So to me, in the spiritual, do you ever do you ever feel like the leper? I do. That's just how. That's just. I don't know. I know there are people out there, when I preach this in the youth group, I kind of got a lot of eyes looking like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. head nods. Head nods, because, yeah. not because I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy good preacher, because I'm that's part of it. That's, that's part of it. <laughs> it's just, because youth can relate when you're going through a time in your life, when you're around, probably they say you'll be around the most people in your life in high school and in college. Because yeah. then once you go to work, you're around a smaller group of people. As you get older and your friends start to go all over the place, you get a smaller and smaller and smaller group of people. 
That's just that's just the reality of it. And so when you're around the most people, it's easy then if sometimes when the whole world's around you, but you still feel alone. Right. You know, and that's that's the first thing I noticed when reading this is not so much the scripture itself, but when we get to the leper, I just think, man, I can relate to the leper when it came to leprosy, people with leprosy in Jewish culture back in the day. Right. And you know what, what comes to my mind is obviously we can't relate to the physical strain that this person was feeling, right? That's a whole mm-hmm. other thing. But yeah, we can relate to the spiritual, emotional, mental side of what it must feel like to be in that situation. But what came to my mind is, you know, him getting leprosy is not really his fault, right? He might have been around somebody who had it, but for the mm-hmm. most part, it's not necessarily his fault. But his isolation is the result of, and you said at the very end, the culture. The people there were the ones who were putting in place these types of of mandates. And my point is that sometimes when we're feeling these ways, it's exacerbated by the culture and the society around us. Right? They look at you a certain way and they say you're unclean, you're you're unfit, you're whatever. And this can also be true of people who um, are not Christians who are struggling with something or they're, you know, they feel like everybody's just kicking them away, everybody's pushing them away, and, you know, you go to anybody you can find for help and they all say, I don't even want to get 10 feet close to you, you know, and, and that can definitely you know, increase the problem is how everybody else reacts to what you're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I love how Jesus is so willing to just say, let me help this guy. You know, I know we'll get to that, but the point of, you know, this guy finally found somebody who was willing to deal with him as he was and not push him away or not, you know, look at only the surface, whatever. And, and so, yeah, my point is is that sometimes who we're around or the culture we're in can make these problems so much worse. And finding mm-hmm. the right people, finding somebody who can, you know, look at you not as the leper but as the person is huge and this guy obviously didn't have that this society obviously didn't have that you know? yeah that's just how they were this, when they deem know. them as sinners and they yes. deem them as people who are under too. judgment of god yet when we believe jesus god holy spirit through so god himself in a sense dealt with the leper directly in forgiveness and it goes on to say you know he healed him you know i think sometimes we're around people even in toxic church club they see us as sinners instead of the person beneath that. Right. Because um, I don't. I don't like the phrase when they say, um, "Hate, uh, hate the sin, love, love the, sin. the sinner," oh, yeah. because we're all broken people. But see them as people. Mm-hmm. When you when you, when you people evangelize, they say, "Oh, but brother, you know." So the Bible says, you know, and they say the Bible. So the Bible doesn't say, "Hate the sin, love the sinner." But you're, you're, you're calling people out when you do that. And that's not going to, or you're calling it a sinner, they're not going to want to hear that. I see them as people. And Jesus saw this leper as a person. He saw him as, as somebody who had value mm-hmm. and worth. And that value and worth part we'll get into in a minute. You got any uh, thoughts? You know, the, when you were describing the whole concept and the point of view, in this time uh, regarding leprosy 
and it was a, a process, the condition itself, the illness was a process and it wasn't like, oh, you're sick now and okay, and you're gone and you're dead. It was a slow decay. And it just, it just struck me that it was, it's a, it's a type of lifestyle. You know, I mean, if it took so long for this to just settle in, eventually, I guess the, the end point of that would be, you know, limbs falling off, uh, that you're so decayed. But you could have this for uh, your whole entire life. Obviously, then untreated, you would, you would die from it. But I mean, this would be a continual lifestyle that you had to, you know, yell out. Uh, uh, essentially this is my identity now I am now a leper and I have to yell this out I mean you talk about feeling so isolated and here here's this one person in the midst of well multitude and there's so many people around and how often can we say like wow yeah I, I'm in that multitude I'm, I'm in that but yet I am isolated right. and we, that's kind of an intros, introspective I guess an internal way of saying yeah I'm alone even in the midst of a lot of people but this is a situation where literally he would be alone and it'd be a, a, a lifestyle and then even more than than feeling that in society so you have that isolation spiritually his this leper's connection with God has also been severed and isolated because he is ceremonially unclean. Right. In other words, he can't go into synagogue. Yeah. He can't perform the sacrifices. He can't do what, what, what in, in that culture, what got you right with God. So he can't even seek forgiveness. He can't for even seek forgiveness. Got him in the place. Yeah. And then you get a little bit of a taste of like, oh, that's why Jesus was so you know angry and enraged yeah. at the Pharisees. Because of this kind of this is just one little thumbnail here of you know of the of the of the how the Pharisees treated people, and I mean Jesus himself said, "You hypocrites! You know, you shut up heaven for them, like you, you're you're cutting them off." And here's one of those situations where literally it was he was cut off. He couldn't do anything about his condition. Yeah, nothing about his condition. And I know we're going to lead into some other, you know, some other words, yeah. which it's so exciting. I just had this one thought, though, you know, and I jotted it down before we kind of started started recording. But, you know, here's Jesus. Uh, he's he's on the scene. And you, you mentioned, you know, in the chapters before, in this time of his ministry, he's kicking off. And the multitudes are following him. And one thing, you know, is, is that Jesus invited everybody. Yeah. yeah. All multitudes. And, and, and that's what was appealing, I think, to this leper that he said, wait a minute, this Jesus person, right? This rabbi, he's not just after the upper elite Pharisees who were, you know, right. sought after and, and they, they enjoyed, a, a, you know, what I would call just an elite lifestyle. He's not only, he's not for them so much. He's actually down here and, and he's appealing to the multitude. I mean, you got to think there was probably every social economic status in that group right there's probably there was probably some well-off jews there was probably some middle-class jews and there was probably just some you know just some run-of-the-mill just so fishermen there you go in that order that's what see and, and yet and yet there was something that that the multitudes were drawn to something that that jesus had about him that the multitudes were drawn to and now we find ourselves with the leper was equally drawn to mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you get to the next part 
Because for him to do that, when it says a man with leprosy came and knelt before him, knowing that there's a large, you know, if there's a large um, crowd following Jesus, I don't think they're miles away. I think they're pretty much right behind Jesus. Yeah. So for a, a leper to come up to Jesus with the crowd behind Jesus, one, you got to have the thought of this leper is desperate because it's breaking Jewish cultures and Jewish mm -hmm. laws just to jump in front of Jesus yeah. and not just in front of one person where you might be able to get away with it. Hey, I'm a nice guy, but you got to get away. No, it's in front of the, the masses, right? But what does he do in that, in that desperation? It says, man left, he came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He knelt before him. Mm -hmm. To me, when, when, you, when you think, when I think of kneel before him, I hear that worship song, I hear that. I just think of worship. I think of, yeah. okay, yeah. this is it. When he was desperate, he didn't lose hope. He didn't go off and do something stupid. He came and he worshiped mm. Jesus. And that leads me to this next question. When you feel isolated and hurt and are desperate, do you turn to worshiping things of the world? Sex, porn, drugs, self-harm, overeating, purposely throwing up, anger, rage, yelling, um, you know, impulse buying? Or do you turn to the feet of Jesus? Mm -hmm. Do you turn to Christian community, to your youth group, to, to your prayer group? You turn to reading the Bible. You know, what do you turn to? This guy was so desperate, he was willing to break society's laws, society's culture, society's rules in an attempt to get healed. Mm -hmm. And it says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He not once questioned, just by reading that verse, if you do some, just looking at it and you look around, you notice he's not, he's not questioning if Jesus, came, like, does he have the power to do it? Mm -hmm. He's just saying, if you are willing. So he knows Jesus can do it. Right. He's just saying, Jesus, if, if you will do it. Leopard knows Jesus can heal. His face shows that. But the way he asks is more a matter of if Jesus will, not if he can. Right. And I think part of the reason Jesus did was because he came and knelt down before him. Mm -hmm. It's because he knelt down and he said he needed it. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. All throughout the Bible, when Jesus saw great faith in people... He usually did what they were asking. Right. Not not because they're a genie Bible and they're trying genie Bible and trying to abuse it, because he knows their hearts. But he saw how faithful like their belief was in him. And that's what that's what did it. Was the fact that he saw his faith. Not like Jesus, um, I don't know if you can heal me. No. Lord, if you are willing. Some people like to um say that this was the first time and I haven't done research, so you'd have to research this on your own. So don't don't say oh you were wrong. But some people from what I read speculate that this is the first time Jesus was called Lord. Mm. Um, and Lord if you are willing you can make me clean. Mm. What are you turning to you know in times of desperation? Are you willing to break culture's norm, culture's rules? Are you willing to break society's norm? Because when you do that and you're willing to give up anything you have, that's when you'll see the, the spiritual results, the spiritual joy, th that connection you've been looking for with Jesus. Um, how many people went against society's norm and 
preached on the street corner and people got saved because they went against what society, even church society says. I, I saw some people sit, talking the other day saying, oh man, those people on the street corners are giving Christianity a bad name. It's like, well, when's the last time you actually talked to someone about Jesus? Mm -hmm. right. And you would think it would be easier to talk to someone you know about Jesus then, right? Because you already have a connection with them. And you're bagging on someone who's on the street corner trying to tell people about Jesus pass out tracks. You know, but when we go against society's norm, through Jesus, he sees that, and he honors that, and he wants to use that. One thing that I like here is that, that this leper uh, confessed Jesus, mm -hmm. confessed who he was in front of the multitudes. Reminds me of that scripture, if you confess me before man, I confess you before my father, right? Yeah. And so he, 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 he literally right there was declaring who he was, who Jesus was. He was Lord. I think that is like that that turning point that in 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 all of our lives for me when when I need a breakthrough it usually is when I've come to the end of me my thoughts my you know my preconceived uh uh solutions uh, cuz you know we always like to do that I'm going to process this with my mind and then I'm going to pray yeah <laughs> yeah it's like hold on there's something wrong there right it should be like lord I'm in this situation and I'm confessing you before this situation. I'm confessing you before these multitudes. I mean, he, again, he, he had to do this in front of everyone. Right. And it's, it's in this moment, the focus wasn't even so much on himself. Like you read, uh, uh, Mark, is that, you know, he didn't go and say, Lord, you know, 150 feet away. Right. Yeah. Because we know from the next text that the Lord, he was in touching distance. So yeah. he was up close. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he said, you know what? I'm no longer going to identify with this brand that the world put on me. I'm going to come, like you said, and kneel before before the Lord and, and declare him as Lord. And when you bring the Lord and his truth and who he is into our into your situation, there's going to be a breakthrough and you're going to find somebody, the Lord, who's willing to come and meet you at that place that you are. But I think it starts with Lord. Mm -hmm. Not, I'm a leper, but I'm a worshiper. Yeah. And I think that was a big transition in, in this man's life. And I only say that because I've experienced that same touch from, from you know, I'm not saying like, I'm not sure. saying that Jesus was right next to me, right? But, you know, <laughs> but his Holy Spirit, that same, that same experience of where I'm going to come before the Lord and I'm going to worship him and I'm going to confess him in the state that I am in. And that's when he's going to break through. Yeah, and, and kind of one thing I noticed and I was thinking about this while I was at, uh, you know, driving between jobs at work and this thought like kind of jumped into my head. Um, and it's kind of piggybacking off of what both of you guys have said, but typically when you see Jesus perform a miracle for somebody, it always follows some kind of a command, right? Mm. You know, he spits in the mud, he says, take this mud, wipe it on your eyes, or yeah. pick up your bed and walk, or go jump in the river X amount of times. And that's not every time, and I'm not saying there's any huge, like, theological point to it, but whenever I see a miracle where there isn't something like that, it kind of jumps out to me. And mm -hmm. in this instance, you don't see that, right? He just, the leper comes, he says, are you willing? He says, I am, you're, you're clean, right? There's no command given, there's no go do this or go do that or anything like that. And I was thinking about it and then it kind of hit me like the, 
he in a way does do something, right? You guys already mentioned he goes in front of the crowd, but he kneels down. The Greek word is proskuneo. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I was hoping to laugh there, but it's pretty good. <laughs> it means that the proper definition is to kiss the ground when prostrating before a superior. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you guys, but after a long day of work, I can barely sit down without having to groan or, you know, feel an ache in my knees. How old are you? <laughs> 25. <laughs> okay. I can't, imagine, I can't imagine somebody with leprosy at any stage, you know, not only following Jesus to this point, but then mm-hmm. getting down on his knees, laying prostrate before mm-hmm. him. I mean, it's a small act, but that's got to be pretty hard for somebody in this condition. And I think Jesus is watching this person who's obviously come before the crowd, so he's already risking pretty much his life at that point, because he'll probably get stoned if the Pharisees found out. So that, on its own, is a step of obedience and faith. But then he's taking that physical action of laying down before Jesus. Yeah. And I think Jesus, in the moment, looks at him and says, well, this guy already did whatever I would have asked him to by taking these steps. And, and he says, if you're willing, and I think the question is not, is Jesus willing, but are we willing, mm-hmm. right? Because we know Jesus can't do it. That's no question of whether he can. And there's no reason why he wouldn't want to heal somebody. The real issue is, are we willing to take those steps of faith and obedience to, to pray, to, to lay down before him and worship? Like you said, Mark, are we going to worship the things of the world? Or are we going to take that step to say, I'm willing to follow Jesus. I'm willing to you know, push my way through that crowd. I'm willing to lay down in worship, to give up something, to risk ridicule or, or comfort for that. You know, that the real question should have been, are you willing to do what you need to do to get to this point? Because mm-hmm. it's not a question of what Jesus can do or not do. You know, that's not an issue at any point in Scripture. It's just, are these people, you know, and we see this all the time, like, I believe, but help my own belief, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm not quite where I need to be to get what I think I deserve. And Jesus says, what you have is enough if you're willing to bring what you have. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think, is, you know, I don't want to say intentionally left out, but it, you, know, you don't see that aspect of it in these scriptures. Is, I, again, this is all assuming and inferring, but I feel like Jesus had that thought of, are you willing? And clearly you are. Right? Clearly you're willing, you came here, you kneeled down in front of all these people. Clearly there's not a question. But I think that's something we need to ask ourselves is, can we take those steps to do these things? No matter how hard it might be or how it might look to other people, you know, how it might uh, affect us or affect our standing with certain people, you know, or what we might have to give up. Because if we focus on our disbelief and our unbelief or if we try to hold on to certain things then we're never going to be where this leper is right mm-hmm. we'll never get to be that close if we're holding on to our our comforts or we're holding on to our uh, uh, unbelief if we're holding on to our safety or you know whatever it is we're not going to get to this point and, and that's kind of what jumped out to me of, of that interaction of him bowing down before him is this is a man who really wants it. Like you guys said, this is somebody who's willing to do it. And Jesus obviously recognized that or else I think he would have said, you know, come back later. Right. Yeah. This was just some random guy who said, hey, you can heal people, heal me. You know, Jesus might not have done that. Because, or he would call him out. Or he would call him out first, right? He would say, you know, like, you need to change how you're thinking before I do that. But, you know, this is clearly not that situation. And I think there's something to be seen in that interaction and seen what this leper was doing right to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And, and one more thought that just came to mind is, speaking of that, 
it doesn't matter who this guy was prior to this point, right? That's another thing I want to just throw out real quick is that we jump in right where he meets Jesus and that's that. You know, so in, in talking about what we need to do, it doesn't matter what's already come up to that point. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what this leper was doing or had done or, you know, I'm sure he probably probably broke some other commands just trying to get through life, right? You know, you probably had to steal a couple times or, you know, went places he wasn't supposed to go because he was unclean. So, you know, obviously he had done other things, but all that mattered was what he did in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, you saying that the past then to Jesus, our past to Jesus is irrelevant. Right. Yes. It, now we're going to be held accountable on for the things we say and the things we've done. But when you come to Jesus and you do your best to live for Him, He's not. Oh, well, that was your past. Well, let's rethink right. this salvation thing here. No, He doesn't do that. Yeah. And when you're talking about are we willing? I knew a guy in one of my um, Christian recovery groups, married, but had an affair. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, he had his wife was willing to forgive him, but she wanted to see major steps taken. He had, he was addicted to pornography, and he was addicted. He had a problem, you know. He had an affair. On top of that, so what did he do? He switched from a regular phone to a flip phone. And this guy's like mid thirties, you know, like grown adult, has his own business, all these things, and was willing to switch, even though that would make work. And you know, we live off our phones. Not hard to have a flip phone, yet just that simple act. His wife saw that as a thing where I'm willing to work this out. He didn't say, what do I have to do? He just started doing those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that marriage got, got from hearing his story and talking to him every week, their marriage is, is a thousand times better than it was. Because he did things that society would say, are you kidding me? Right. You know, are, like on my phone, and I know a few guys, and I don't want to name names just for their sake, but I know people, um, some in this church, some in our fellowship of churches, we have programs on our phone just to, to block the pornography, to block mm-hmm. these things. Because, Lord, I want to be willing. Mm-hmm. And how can I be willing and be ready for it? Say, I'm ready for this healing or this next step. When God's like, but you haven't given up this. You haven't done. You haven't been willing to try to, to have accountability or do these things. You know, are we willing? Um, but I want to get to verse 3 um, right here. And verse 3 says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Mm-hmm. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy, like Mike read in the beginning. Some, some of it says cleansed. Um, here's the thing I, I want to talk about. He directly answers the man's question in two different ways. But he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I, I know it wasn't necessarily a question, but if you can make me willing, you can make me clean. Well, there's two there's two things Jesus does to answer that. First off, through his word, because he says, I am willing, right? But it doesn't just start, it doesn't just end with the words. Because someone can say, I'll be there for you. But if you say, I will show up and be there for you, but you don't show up, then it was just words. That's right. Right? And so what was the second way he answered that? Uh, the, the, it responded to the leper was with his action. By how? By reaching out his hand. Jesus was and still is a God of words and actions. Mm-hmm. He backs up what he says through he says it and he does it. But why is this a big deal? Well, remember when we were in the beginning of the podcast, 
Um, we were reading about Jewish laws and cultures. They were deemed ceremonially unclean. So for Jesus to touch him in this way meant something special to the leper for him to do that. He could have said, be clean from far away, right? right. He could have, you know, oh, I got all these crowds behind me. I got them like I'm cussed my hand. They, they could all be coming to, to salvation. I'm going to heal them from afar. So they see I healed them, and then they see I also followed the loss. No, he didn't do that. He reached out and healed the man. He touched the man and healed him. And what does that say to me? Well, for one, it shows that Jesus didn't care about the culture person, some of the culture at the time, the, the corrupt parts of the culture right. at the time. And what it also showed is Jesus wanted to um, heal him in a way that would mean something to him. Now, of course, being healed means something, but in a way that was special to him. Like when you lightly reference like the mud, you know, yeah. the mud in the eyes, he, he never necessarily healed people the same way with his actions. True, yeah. And there's a lot of times where he healed people, and maybe even every time if you look closely, where he did it in a way that was definitely special to them. Mm -hmm. He didn't just put his hand on the shoulder and then the guy was on blind or this and that. Like he did it in such a way that in a sense meant something special to that person. In Mark's version of the story, um, one translation in uh, verse 41, one translation says, he was moved in compassion. Mm -hmm. This leper probably, and I say probably to be safe, but I, I'm almost certain, hasn't felt compassion from anybody in the wild. Sure. Yeah. None. Nada. And I, I say that to say, if you are looking for a healing, if you are looking for a touch from God, He wants to meet you, and He wants to speak to you, and Jesus wants to touch your heart in a special way, in a meaningful way, that is just for you. I'm not saying it's for other people. It is. But He wants to do it like, like a personal, like when you get a personal letter, we're in the year 2022, but when I get, well, every once in a while, when I get a letter, like handwritten, someone wrote me a letter. That's more special than a text, even though I love when someone says, hey, I'm thinking about you. But the effort it took to write a letter, there's, it's personalized yes, right. to you. And when Jesus healed this person, he made it personal. You know, if you think, oh, well, this person, they're just having all these headaches, and he, and he just lays his hand on them. That's great, but this guy, he you're not supposed to touch the leper, right. yet what did he do? He made it personal to him. You think that that person probably had so much emotion, not just that he was healed, but the fact that Jesus, before, you know, in the split few seconds before he was healed, the fact that Jesus put his hand on him, right. I bet you anything that one of his first thoughts, oh my gosh, Jesus is touching me right now. Does he know? Like, he's got to know, and he doesn't care. Yeah. Jesus doesn't care what has happened to you. He doesn't care how it happened to you. He wants to touch you. Even if you've done things that are completely your fault, you know, and you know it, He still wants to restore you. Now, there's certain things physically, he, it just might not happen. But, I mean, with the leper, it did. But inwardly, He wants to restore your heart. Mm -hmm. Inwardly, He wants to cleanse your mind of these things, mm -hmm. of, of, these, of the things we see on TV, the things we see... I mean, the more I'm on social media, the more I want to get off of them because YouTube and Instagram get away with so much raunchy stuff. It's like, just call it for what it is. It's pornography and it, it's murdering our youth and our adults' brains. They're showing statistics that increasing numbers in the church, women are looking at pornography more than ever. Men are, um, during the pandemic, the, the statistics rose for men. 
These things in our brain for our brains get warped or people an increase in drugs or marijuana or different things during during the the pandemic and being the lockdowns. Jesus wants to restore your brain. He wants to restore your heart and he wants to touch you in a special way to where you just just feel it. How many people listening, you know, got saved and they remember that moment. They remember that feeling. Some, in a sense, remember that song. And if it wasn't during a song, they remember the song right after. Right. They remember who was with them, who laid hands on them. They remember the first person they talked to. Because Jesus touched them in such a special way. It's a moment that most people will never forget. Jesus will go against any social norm or laws or regulations to get to you if you just come and kneel before him. Filth and all. With the faith, if we just have the faith and the humbleness of the leper. The faith to come to the Jesus despite being a leper. And the humbleness to say, Lord, if you are willing. So, an outcast of society coming to Jesus, he gets healed because he believed. And like you read, Mike, some translations say he was cleansed. God wants to cleanse you guys. Whether it be morning, night, whatever, wherever you're listening to this. Not because of our podcast, but... He wants to cleanse you. He can heal you outwardly. He can heal your, your diseases. He can, but also in the heart. He wants to clean out your heart. He wants to clear the clutter uh, of the fantasies you have in your brain that you shouldn't have. He wants to clear the clutter of all these, all the hate. That, you know, he wants to clear the clutter of all the self-harm, the self-esteem issues. All these things you're going through, he wants to do something in you because the leper was an outcast in society and you might feel like you're an outcast well that's who Jesus wants to heal mm-hmm. not the people who think they're in the in crowd mm-hmm. he wants to heal the outcast who will kneel before him kneel before their bed kneel you know at church kneel you know or in a spiritual sense kneel in your car as you're driving just praying the sense of God I know you are willing help me get through this that's right you know, whenever we, we pray at, um, at our recovery group and I close out our open chair that I leave in prayer, I always have this, this line I just say where I say, okay, God, um, help us to get good rest tonight so we can make uh, really good decisions tomorrow. Right. You know, and Jesus wants to give us that rest and he wants to give us that wisdom to make those decisions that we know we have to make. Um, you know, I, I have another Greek word I'm going to read in a second. I'm ready for it. I'm happy. <laughs> but it, it kind of fits in exactly what you're talking about, how, you know, when Jesus reaches out to somebody, it, it's intentional and special and, and unique. Um, the Greek word is haptomi. Um, it's the word for touch. And this particular word for touch means um, touching that influences or it's touching someone in a way that alters. Right? So it's not mm. just... Put your hand on it. That's this. I like, know you're you're putting your hand on it. You're making physical contact, but with some intent to change it, with mm-hmm. leaving it in a different state than what it was before. Mm. And I, I wasn't exactly sure how to kind of bring that in, but after hearing what you're saying, I think that fits in so well. That yeah, Jesus isn't just in words. It's I'm gonna do something that's gonna impact you. It's gonna alter you. It's gonna change you. He's not just touching the leper for the sake of showing, hey, he's unclean and I'm touching him. It's like, no, I'm actually doing this because I'm, I have an intent. I have something I want to change. And that not only speaks to how Jesus is with us, but how we should be with other people, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to reach out to somebody, if you're going to take the time to 
to talk to somebody, to, to be in somebody's life, have it be impactful and meaningful, uh -huh. right? Let them be yeah. better off because you were there, you know? Um, one, one side note, Fergus. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I do is every so often, and I try to do it weekly, is I just scroll through my phone, who can I text? And they say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Now, granted, was I thinking about them an hour ago? Maybe not, but sometimes I, I was. But I'll send out a quick text, like, hey, so-and-so. Not a, And if I'm gonna send a text to a lot of people, I don't do a mass text, I use their name. Sure. Hey, so-and-so, I was thinking about you today, hope all is okay, or hey, I heard you, know, you got a new job. Just shoot the breeze text, and you know how much that means to people. The, one of the first things people say is, hey, thank you for thinking of me, yeah, this is how it's going, or hey, it's not going so good, but I'm glad you're praying for me, you know. Yeah. Be intentional, even with just a text, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, Go ahead. Oh, you brought up the, the, the value um, of this moment where the leper, uh, which this disease, again, it's, it, it attacks your nervous system where you can't feel things. And in that moment, uh, he must have been numb, but not numb enough to, you know, to come and, and kneel and worship the Lord. And then as, as the Lord, uh, Jesus, went out and he touched him, it, you're right in, in, in saying that it is, it is very, very personal and very intimate and, and I, that is because he's an, he's an intimate God. He wants yeah. to know us intimately. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you don't, you don't know that uh, intimacy with Jesus Christ, uh, and, and you think like, oh, uh, that's, for other, that's for other people. That's not really for me. Um, he doesn't really see me. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't know me or know what I've gone through. And this is just one example in the scriptures where Jesus, I mean, like you said, he could have just spoken a word and affected the the ears of this leper, where the leper hear, heard him. But you got to, we, we read it at a glance, but if you put yourself in this position where this leper, one, was isolated, two, is losing his own touch, you know, as he goes and grabs like maybe a pot or, or a branch or he's losing the sense of touch and and then and and it's being overtaken by numbness and and yet here's Jesus choosing like you put it intentionally touching him yeah touching this leper that's where every area like you said he wants to restore repair and and renew every aspect of our lives and he's going to come if you declare him lord if your action is to worship him and then you'll see that he will come and he'll touch whatever area of your life. You mentioned the pornography and how it alters your brain waves and, and the paths to you know your, uh, your stimuli and all that. And it's true, he'll come and touch and restore that, renew that. He'll come and restore the heart that is angered or you know, saddened or, you know, again, we'll use the, the term depressed or isolated and he'll come and he'll touch each and every area. So. Uh, you, if you're listening to this podcast, the Lord is ready to give you your own testimony that's unique to you because He wants to be an intimate God with you. Not just this far off, you know, 150 feet away from you, God. He wants to be the God that is so close that He'll reach out and touch whatever broken area you have in your life. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and the, the other thing you mentioned, which is so important, even for seasoned Christians, the, the value of follow-through. 
Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, I'm willing. You know, I'm willing. Oh, okay. I'm willing to pray for you. Oh, okay. When? Right? right. It's like, <laughs> like right now? Yeah, like right yeah. now, right? Hey, I'm willing to pray for you about where you go. No, it's more like, let's pray for that, like right now. Yeah. And, and the, 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 it's so simple, but it yet I think it, it's so, so missed. It's just the value of follow through. If you tell someone, I'm going to pray for you, you better pray for them. Let's just better do pray it, for them. Do it right then. <laughs> and yeah, if time permits and you have the opportunity yeah. right in that moment, pray for them right there. Yeah. You know, again, which is so valuable to be here on Wednesday nights because you have that opportunity to say, I'll pray with you on this matter yeah. and then pray right there in that moment. So uh, quick story. I don't know how we're doing on time, but uh, a while back we went to um, with this organization not part of the church, but this organization, He Intends Victory, and we traveled to Nepal and Vietnam, and it was kind of an admin uh, trip, but they have, in short, they have ministry that ministers specifically to those infected and affected by HIV in these other countries. And, And what I took away from that trip was the way society treats these people who are HIV infected, uh, or affected, even if you've been in the house with someone who maybe passed away from HIV, the whole family or the whole household gets shunned from society. You don't, you can't get a job. You can't, you can't attend social gatherings if you have HIV or are in a household with someone with HIV. And we went to this hospital in Vietnam, and where it was basically everybody there had HIV, and they had maybe days, days to live. And we went over. And just just ministered, just hung out with them and prayed with them. And I remember reaching out and touching one of these guys, one of their hands. And I just touched them. And I'm I'm kind of like that already, you know, like I'll, I'll touch you. I'll get tap you on your shoulder. I'm like that. And so I just, it was just, it was just me. So I went and I touched this person and they looked up and, and it's as if like, like, like they hadn't, they, they didn't know, like, wait, you're touching me? Do you even know right. who I am? Yeah. Do you know what I have? Mm-hmm. You're, in other words, I just felt you touch me. And that, that is just, to me, that's, it's, so, when you, it's so tailored to this one person. And I love it because Jesus never misses a person, yeah. ever. If they come to him, he's not going to miss them. But the value of just touch, and it touched him in a very personal way. So, um, I mean, it's amazing what, what just, man, just a hug, you know, or like something will do, especially coming out of a, the tail end of COVID where nobody wanted to touch, you know what I mean? Everyone's all scared. I mean, uh, it's like, you know, we, it's like we miss the whole, like, Hey, why don't you go to your neighbor and greet one another, you know, during this worship break, you know, whatever. Well, Mark doesn't like that. Okay. So it works out anyways. Yeah. That's why he's in the sound booth. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I can't meet and greet with this person. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to mention um, that I was just thinking about, because we're talking about you know follow through, we're talking about uh, you know stepping out, and it just the thought kind of occurred to me. You know, I think it was John who says if if I were to write every miracle, there would not be enough books, right? Right. And I think what about on the other hand, right? You mm-hmm. have this whole crowd of people, and how many of them were sitting there watching this guy go forward, thinking, oh, I I want what he's getting. And then they continue to sit in that crowd, listen to Jesus, go home, and they think, man, I wish I would have gotten a touch like that leper did. And they mm-hmm. went on their day, and they never had that intimacy because they never, 
broke away and he never stepped down. It just kind of the thought just occurred to me like there was probably so many people in that crowd who wanted what that guy was getting but didn't know how or didn't mm -hmm. have the the courage to step forward. They didn't have that drive, that will, whatever you want to call it, to take that step forward. And they probably, you know, Jesus went on to another town and that was that. And, you know, and there was probably tons who did get healed, right, that we mm -hmm. don't hear about, that were not written. And there's probably dozens and dozens of more who had their own unique experiences like this leper, but there's probably hundreds more who just stood in the crowd and they listened, they were there, and they went on. You know, and I guess... I don't think we're closing yet, but it's just kind of a thought. Was, yeah, final thoughts. <laughs> sure. Uh, my final thought is just don't, if you're in that situation, don't just be one in the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. Don't just be at church, hearing the word, praying the prayers, singing the songs, and then go home and wonder, man, how come I'm not getting my intimacy? How come I'm not getting that touch, that cleansing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it is a matter of are you willing? You know, mm -hmm. just showing up is unfortunately not always enough, right? Even, you know, James says, even the demons believe that there's one God, right? I mean, that's an easy thing to do. It's, it's a whole other thing to have the faith and to turn that faith into works and to action and, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, my final thought is, is don't just sit in the crowd. You know, it's not enough to be there. We have to be willing to take those steps and, and turn it into something measurable like mm -hmm. the leopard did. My, my uh, final thoughts, and we'll, uh, your final thoughts, Mike, after, is um, leper was desperate. And this, we don't know if he was, like, in, in modern day sense, a Christian yet. Right. Sure. But he was desperate. How many of us were desperate, and that's why we came to Jesus? How many of us were desperate, mm -hmm. and we finally came to him? But here's the problem in society, Christian society. How many of us, after we're saved, keep that same desperation? Yeah. How many of us afterwards saved still are desperate for God? How many times at youth camp, people come to the altar every night, they're staying after, and they're feeling God, and they're just, but where's that desperation back down the mountain? Mm -hmm. right. You know, as Christians, I would, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would say to you, where's your desperation? We need to have a desperate need for God because there's a world out there that is desperate for something and we can be that something that leads them to God. Mm -hmm. There is a world that is desperately on the edge of ending up in hell. Are we desperate enough to realize that we need to go out and save them? Because there are people, like I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. who are going through things, sex, porn, drugs, self-harm, overeating, purposely throwing up anger, rage, yelling, mental health issues, codependency, and, uh, you know, relationship issues, all these different things they're going through, and some of them feel alone, outcast, hurt, broken. Are we still in that desperation mode, desperate to get close to God ourselves? And are we desperate in our faith to go out and reach others? Because if we're not, every day people are dying, no matter what religion you believe in, people are dying daily, and a ton of them are going to hell. And what are we doing about it? The leper jumped out in front of God, in front of Jesus, to get that healing. Are we willing to jump out against society's norm to go out and reach people so that they can see the healing that Jesus has for them? Yeah. Yeah, amen. I, I think it's it. what happens um, in my final thoughts uh, is, is and I'm, I'm not saying this in, in, in almost in a sense of speculation. I, I really am saying this in sense, I literally was just talking to my father-in-law, Mike Buccino, great man, 
of God and I look up to him and admire him. But we're talking about, man, when was the last time you shared your faith? You know, and and so we we're talking about that. And it just, it really settled, thought settled in. I thought, I thought you know what? I, I think we, once we come to Jesus, you know, we're on fire. Like you said, you know, we have this experience with God, we're on fire. And then we, we in a sense, shed those grave clothes and then as we f walk with Jesus more and more, it's almost like you forget that you had grave clothes. And that's great. You should rejoice in the Lord and, and be thankful. But I think I just, just taking, staying with the text is I, uh, and this is speculation. Okay. So here it is. But I, I wonder if this man with leprosy, uh, did he just go on and just hide that from everybody? Or do you think he went back to the camp of lepers and say, hey, I know somebody who can take care of it. I, I know someone who can take care of this for you. Uh -huh. You know, again, most of us who are listening may know the Lord already, but to remember that, you know, once we were lepers yeah. and, and we know who has touched us and also uh, reach out to those that are hurting. And because uh, there are other spiritually sense, you know, right. there's yeah. also uh, lepers out there. Um, who who need that touch of Jesus Christ, but the steps here I love it is that he declared the Lord, he worshipped the Lord, right, and then the Lord moved. Mm -hmm. yeah. I I just think that that just speaks so much is is let's not let's not forget the value of the declaration of who Jesus Christ is in our life, and the worship of who He is mm -hmm. in our life. And that, and that comes down to, as we close right now, is the idea that this guy came as he was. That's right. Was. That's right. And the church today will say, how can you, you can't be in here, you can't do that. And those very people are probably the people Jesus would argue with. They would be the modern day Pharisees. Pharisees. You know, I end with this story before I was talking to your mom, actually, Noah. Oh, you were, you were sitting there. You were doing the live stream. How would the church respond? Because there's a couple at my work. They're, they're married, two women, lesbians, and mm -hmm. they have a child together. But they've inquired about our church. They've inquired, they, they've talked to me mm -hmm. because they know I'm a Christian, but they also know I'm, an, I'm a great worker. And they wouldn't come to me if I was just a crumb worker, just That's a terrible right. worker. That's right. And, and they said, what, we tried church. This was like maybe a year ago now. They're like, we tried church, and they judged us. And I don't know if that's true or not. Satan can make it seem like that. Mm -hmm. If you're coming in with that perspective, maybe that church really was judgmental. But how would your church respond? And I just said, well, I can speak for myself because I can't speak for the 70 to 80 people in each service. But I said, I believe I would welcome you. We'd welcome you. I would say hi. I would sit next to you guys if you wanted. We have a great children's ministry. Uh, it's a great children's group where they play games. They hear a Bible lesson. And you'd be welcome you be welcomed as you are. Doesn't mean I want them to necessarily stay that way, nor do I want any of us to stay that way. And then I'm thinking lately, I'm like, how can I reach them? And then, you know, his mom said, why don't you invite them to the trunk or treat event? They can yeah. get to meet everyone, like this community of people. And it's a place where they can see, wow, we're actually willing, Lord. We're doing community. We're taking our community outside this building and going outside. And we're telling people about Jesus. And I would encourage you guys, from the Jesus perspective, if you are the hands and feet of Jesus, are you willing to go out there and reach people? 
Are you desperate to reach people like this leper was desperate to get healing? Are you desperate to see healing in the world? Because mm -hmm. it's up to us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because we know he's going to do it. We know he can work. He just needs us to go out there and do it. Yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. It's the Brokenness to Faith podcast with my man Mike. And my man Noah, you probably didn't know when he slipped in. That's a good game oh, to play. Is, yeah, <laughs> a good game to play is just guess at what point he came in the room. There you um, go. But thank you guys for listening. Truly, um, I was saying at the beginning, Noah, we're like close to 100 episodes. 95. This 95. Time. Wow. This is 95. So maybe nice. we'll do 100th episode extravaganza or something. Yeah, I'll have to find out what day that's gonna fall on. It might be yeah. close to Christmas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No one wants to listen to us on Christmas. So I, I tell you, what, I don't want to listen to myself on Christmas. <laughs> you know, we'll finally have Pastor Mark sing because he always tells us. Oh uh, gosh, no, that, is, <laughs> that no. Episode one hundred, we'll have Pastor Mark. <laughs> okay, we're we're closing with that. Thank you guys for listening to this Broken Fake Podcast. Share this with your friends. Share this with people. We have a heart to see people saved. We truly do. Thank you guys. Deuces. Peace. Peace.